Welcome to Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a lot about life and a little about business. Your host, Ashley Ramsey, will be sitting down with guests from all different sectors of the real estate industry to tell you their real life stories. From hardships to triumphs and business to personal lives, we promise to bring you the tea. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spilling the Title Tea. Today's guest is our very own Jackie Darty, who is the co-owner of Springdale Title, and she is located in our Louisville office. She also spends lots of time in the Knoxville office and truly just kind of wherever she needs to be. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you for having me. So this is a crazy industry, and you have survived it for a long time. Not that I'm saying you're old. <laughs> you're just a veteran. You're a veteran of the industry. And now you're not just working in title, but you are helping run a title company and, you know, planning for the future of the industry and all that that entails. And I have to think that that feels like a full circle moment for you. Full circle, overwhelming, exciting. It has been very good. I'm very grateful for the way that things have turned out. Well, I will second that. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your history in the industry, how you got dragged in to this Alice in Wonderland kind of work environment? (laughs) Well, I actually got into Tidal in 1995, and it was actually a job of convenience because it was located near my home. So that was my first venture into title. Before that, I had worked for other attorneys and heard title stories and thought, I will never do that. And here I am all these years later, and it turns out that title is one of those things that you love it or you hate it. And you know very quickly which one it is. And it is something that I just love. I enjoy the closings. I enjoy meeting new people, helping people, you know, purchase their first home or purchase their fifth home. It's always different no matter what's going on with the file. Every single file is different and I just really enjoy it and enjoy all of the people that I have met over the years. Well, I 100% agree that this is not an industry where there's gray. It's very black and white. You really do either love it or you hate it. And there really isn't much in between. But I'll tell you something that is so funny. You are one of many, many guests on this show that has said the role you're in is one that you would have never chosen. That have you said, (laughs) it's hilarious. I don't know what it is. I've had multiple people say that, like, I thought I would never do what I'm doing, but here I am. And to me, that's just a testament of, you know, we don't make the plans. That's true. That is true. I think God has planned for everything. And I truly believe that in 2015, that I was placed here for a reason. Did not know what that reason was at that time, but it has all worked out more perfectly than I could have ever asked for. Well, I will agree with that. And I, you were placed here so that I would have sanity. That is <laughs> that is how that happened. <laughs> it's so funny because I can remember you were in Knoxville at that time. And I can remember coming down there to meet you. And I would have never dreamed at that point 
that you and I would be where we are together as business partners right now. So funny to think back on. Oh, yeah. No, I would not have either. Yeah. It's been a crazy road to get to where we're at, the way everything has turned out. But like I said, I'm very thankful that it has turned out this way. I completely agree. But going back to crazy roads and full circle moments and all of that, you know, life is full of those full circle moments. And I know that you've had a few, not just in the title world. I think the most prominent full circle moment that you have shared with me involves your firstborn son. And I would love it if you would share a little bit about that journey with the audience. That's a journey that started when I was 16. I was pregnant at 16, and that's a very difficult position to be in. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as you think of all of the different things that happen with a pregnancy, you know, there there's a baby coming, and you love that baby. And then you start thinking about how you're going to take care of that baby. And that was the part that I couldn't wrap my head around. So the best way that I knew to take care of that child was adoption. And adoption was something that I didn't know a lot about. It's not something that a lot of people talk about. Well, especially back then. Especially back then. So I uh, went through some counseling through uh, the adoption agency. A fond memory of that time is I actually got to pick the parents. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different process because you don't think about that, something like that. But I basically had resumes and letters to go through from couples wanting to adopt a baby. So after much thought, much prayer, we made a decision as to the family that our baby would go to. And that was a very hard decision, but I felt a lot of peace in that decision because I knew he was going to be taken care of in a way that I could not take care of him. That doesn't mean that every birthday, every holiday, you don't think about it. Every child that you see in a store, you think about it. But during the counseling, one of the things that they had told us was, you're having a boy. And you need to know that historically, you know, boys do not look for their parents. So, you know, when I left the hospital, I had to accept the fact that I would never in my life see that child. That's so devastating. But God had another plan. He's funny like that. He is funny like that. Many, many years later. And again, going through a time in my life that I really needed it, you know, God showed up in a major way. I got a phone call one day at work, and the caller ID on my cell phone was the Department of Adoption. And when I saw that on my cell phone, my heart dropped. So I took my cell phone and I walked outside. And the lady on the other end was, you know, trying to make sure that she had the right person. And she told me that he wanted to unseal the adoption records. But they could not do that without my permission and the permission of the birth father, which back up a few months before this phone call, again, as God plans everything out, I had not talked to his father in years, didn't know where he was, nothing. And the week of this baby's birthday, I found him on Facebook. And on his birthday of that year, we became Facebook friends. So we had reconnected after all these years, which, you know, 
hindsight worked out great because then when I got that phone call, I had a way to contact him. That's so amazing. Unfortunately, on his birthday, you know, it's just not coincidence. You know, it's not. It was not coincidence at all. So we talked and we both decided that, yes, if we had the opportunity to meet this child, that we wanted to do that. So then we waited for the forms that we could complete them and send everything back. And then we had to wait for contact because we still could not contact him, had no information to contact him. We had to wait. And they told us, even by signing the forms, you know, there was still a chance that he would not act on the information when he had it and that we needed to be prepared for that. So after we sent the forms back, it was probably about maybe two, two and a half weeks. And we were both, you know, watching our email, our phones, our regular mail, everything, because we had given all contact information that we had. And he did reach out. So within five weeks of this first phone call, I got to meet him for the very first time. And how old was he? This is 20s at this point. Wow. And it was like a Hallmark movie. And it's the only way that I can describe it. His mother, I cannot say enough about her and the kindness that she had shown and the love that she had given him. You know, always felt more love than he could ever imagine. But when I met him for the first time, his mother had made photo albums. So he brought to our very first meeting photo albums that had pictures of him growing up, you know, all the way from baby through high school graduation. What a gift. Yeah, that was very thoughtful and something that I never imagined. We were welcomed with open arms into his family. He is, of course, wondered, you know, if he had brothers or siblings at all. So he did get to meet his two younger brothers. I have had the privilege at this point of meeting his son. So it's truly gone full circle. And I was able to attend his wedding. As I said, meet his son. It has been like a Hallmark movie. It's just been amazing that the things that God has brought full circle. There's just no words to explain how amazing it is, the way that all of that has fallen into place and that you've been able to have closure that some people don't get to have to know, you know, that he was well taken care of, that he was well loved, that he turned out to be a wonderful human being, you know, and that's such a blessing. It is. And it's one that a lot of people never receive. And I'm very grateful for that. Not only, you know, for the fact that I got to meet him, but for the continued fact that I get to be part of his life, you know, because that's something that I never dreamed would happen. So that has been an amazing experience. But it was most definitely the right decision because he has had a wonderful life and it's a life that I could not have given him. Right. At that young age, for sure. You know, and I think back to, you know, it's been a few episodes back, Angie Talk. A loan officer out of Bluffton, Indiana, was on the show, and she was, you know, talking about her story of adopting two of her children. And, you know, that's the side of adoption that we all think about is the person who is bringing children into their home. And it's rare that we really talk about how those children became available for adoption to begin with. And I think that's an important thing to remember is that 
there's love on both sides of that coin. You know, it took the love of a mother to say, I love this child, but I know that at this point in time, I am not the best option for this child. And that's hard to do, but it takes love to do that. And I think that people need to be able to see both situations. Yes, I can then. I know it's a hard thing to talk about. I would venture to say probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Oh, I I can absolutely imagine that it would have to be. But, you know, again, you had that blessing all these years later to know, like you said, it was such a hard choice, but it was the right choice. It was the right choice. And there is a piece of the joy in knowing that it was the right choice. Yeah. You know, we'll start to wrap up here, but what advice can you give somebody who, you know, whether it's with an adoption situation or not, sometimes we have to make really heart-wrenching life choices and we struggle to make the hard choice, even if we feel like it's the right choice when it's something like this that's just so devastatingly hard. And what would you tell somebody, you know, like, how do you get to the place of making that decision and having some peace with it? Prayer. That's the only thing I can say is prayer. Because for me, I had to get that peace. And that was the only way that I knew to do it. And once I got to the point that I had that peace, I get the doors opened that needed to be opened for me to know what to do, to know the right steps to take, to get the counseling that I needed. It all just kind of fell into place then and years later. You know, and I can remember, you know, on a happier note, when we were waiting to see if he would contact us, I made a Facebook post that said, when you're anticipating a blessing, it makes it harder to walk by faith than by sight. When you're expecting it, you're just waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And then you get like, oh God, when's it going to happen? When is this going to happen? And ironically, his mother had already found me on Facebook well before I had signed the forms. So when I met him, that was one of the things he asked me. He said, you made a Facebook post. Am I that blessing? And I'm like, yes, yes, you are. So So, precious. The power of social media. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. But yes, it was a hard journey, but it worked out best for everyone involved. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think... You know, that's something for people who are in the trenches of trying to make those decisions, like pray about it and then release it and know that it's going to work out the way it needs to. Yeah. Well, Jackie, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show today and, you know, sharing a story that's not an easy one to share. I appreciate it so much. And I know the audience does, too. And we're going to put information in our podcast description about how you can contact Jackie. But we're also going to put some information in there about adoption resources. So that if you or someone that you love is thinking about the adoption process from either side of the coin, that there's some resources in there that can assist you. And as always, thank you for joining us on another episode of Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a little bit about business and a lot about life. That's all the tea we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spilling the Title Tea and visit us online for more valuable resources at springdaletitle.com. Mm-hmm.